Darren Hardy, former soldier turned extreme endurance athlete. Welcome to the Healthy Beast. Are you, so you're one of these people that's up at goddamn knows when every morning, are you making the rest of us feel bad? <laughs> 0420 every morning, Richard, yes. 0420. So that's that's the army, <laughs> the army background. Not even going <laughs> zero. Zero four, why 420, might I ask? Um, no reason. It just seems that's what I need to get up and get the day in. Yeah, whatever training I want to do during the morning before, because I PT someone at six to seven. So I've got to get up, get some uh, get some fluids in me and get training. Oh, so you're starting work training someone else at six. So you've got to get yourself trained. Yeah, so that. exactly that. Train six to seven. And then I come back uh, to my house and do another gym session, uh, quarter past seven to eight o'clock. So. Have you always been like this, crazy up early? Um, I've always been up early, but um, not this extreme. Um, I think it was when I, was, uh, I went out and seen uh, Jocko Willink and the 0432 club. Um, and I thought, well, I need to do better than that, don't I? <laughs> so I'll go 0420. Oh, so he's, oh, I see. So, so, <laughs> yeah, he, he's the, he was famously, he's the crazy American. Was he a, a Marine? Yes, Navy SEAL. Mm-hmm. US Navy, Navy SEAL, that's it. And he... He's kind of become this, I guess he's a sort of kind of commitment guru. Like he sort of gets people to, he goes and speaks to businesses about Correct, how to get yeah. the army, the army spirit. And he it's, famously uh, takes a photo of his watch at 4.30 every morning, doesn't and, he? And so does mine as well. And everyone keeps saying about it. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you've gone that, you've gone that little bit earlier. Got to, yeah. Yeah. Just got to, got to, got to do better than the Americans, haven't we? <laughs> <laughs> how long are you out of the army now? Three years in September there. So. Three years in um, September, and yeah. you did. And you did how long? Just shy of fifteen start, years. Yeah, just shy of fifteen years. And you're only what thirty five? Yeah, thirty five now. So yeah. you signed up as a as a kid, pretty you're much straight from school in, and um, yeah. So don't know anything different, really. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm yeah. struggling. I struggle now, quite big time in a uh, Civvy Street, as we call it. But yeah. well, I think I think a lot of people do struggle when they leave. Mm. Um, I guess it's I guess it can be a lot of different reasons I mean is it tough stuff you see or is it having stuff taken away you know that army uh, life mainly it's a bit of uh there's no sense of urgency um what I find in in the business place you know people just slip through the net as we would say and um there's no pride you know people turn up late for meetings etc there's loads of issues I'm just like this is ridiculous communications rubbish you know and it's just it's just crap. <laughs> what? So, do you think the the non-military ones of us we need a bit more of this discipline? I, I think, lives? yeah, I think discipline. Um, I mean, I'm only I'm only talking from the the two companies I worked in, and um, yeah, I think uh, just a bit of sense of urgency is probably what I'd say. You know, when people turn up late for meetings with a Starbucks coffee and the Starbucks is out of the building, I'm like, why did you even wait in that queue? You know. <laughs> Yeah. Like, it's uh, it's quite it's quite it's quite a statement isn't it turning up late for something i've seen that turning up late for something when you've bought yourself you've had time yeah. to stop and get yourself a coffee I know. I'm like, it's like yeah. yeah yeah like yeah as long as you're all right yeah as long as, as, long as you're, as you're right, fine okay. yeah and, and in the yeah. military we're always like five minutes before you know if we always say that the slaying well not we always i always say if you're on time you're already late so it's uh I, well I, I i noticed you were absolutely bang on time today and i once 59, i once yeah, made yeah. the mistake of another military yeah. guy of I, I arrived late for my own podcast and he's already waiting for me and i was <laughs> i was i was shamed from that day on i thought yeah. i'll be i'll be waiting particularly when it's military 
Oh, it's absolutely. And you know, I um, I even in work, it's a while wait for fifteen minutes, and if that if the person hasn't turned up in fifteen minutes, I'm off. Regardless who it is, I even went to met and meet a client in Birmingham once. I drove all the way to Birmingham from from Hampshire, and um, yeah, the client obviously it was it was a record. It was for us, and they were fifteen minutes late, and I just got my car and drove home. <laughs> so, oh, done. Uh, they <laughs> called. They called me. Um, and it was about 19 minutes past, and I was already out of the building. It says, I'm not coming back. I'm gone. I'm yeah. done. Um, That's good to know. And my boss told me, and, and other people said, no, you need to relax a bit. And I'm like, and sort of lower your standards. And I'm like, no, you all need to up your standards. No messing around. We, no. all, we, all, we, all, we all need to, we all need to learn. I, I've, it's the getting up's the problem with me. I get the... I get the exercise in, but 4.20 in the morning, what time yeah. do you have to get to bed for that? So I go to bed between half eight and nine, so I'm getting a good kip in. Um, I just prefer to be in bed rather than binging on Netflix. You know, it's just, it's not for me, really. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. You have to, we have to, particularly this last year when everyone's done more of these kind of things stuck at home, we have to limit the amount of kind of stuff we do that doesn't, doesn't do us any good i think it's yeah. fine if it's an hour if it's an hour of wind down at the end of the day yeah it's fine but if you're doing what a lot of people do and putting four or five hours a night in yeah bad for you. no it, exactly that and you know this last year with the whole lockdown we've had the perfect opportunity to put structure into our life i think you know we've had the opportunity to eat well no because we're not on the road we have the opportunity to set a routine um exercise more you know rather than commute using that time as your exercise but I think the UK has gone the opposite. <laughs> Everyone's just, um, yeah, piled the weight on and uh, got unhealthy and two for two for one dine outs and all that stuff. And yeah, so that'll be the next problem, I bet. <laughs> yeah, we need to we need to look to exercising our way out of all this now. Absolutely, a hundred percent. So I need to ask you about this massive commitment you've made. So is this right? I've read this. Running five marathons in 50 hours. Is this, can this possibly be correct? It's, it's very correct, yeah. Um, I wouldn't say running uh, because I'm carrying my kit I need for it. So I'm carrying my food, my first aid kit, my, my wet kit, my warm kit. So I'm going to be carrying kit in my back. So it's, uh, I'm going to be a fast walk stroke shuffle. So I'm going to shuffle the downhill, run the downhills, shuffle the flats and tab up the, up the hills. Okay, so fifty, so a hundred and whatever, hundred and thirty-one miles, hundred and thirty-one miles, yeah, in fifty hours. Is this has anyone yeah. attempted anything so ridiculous before? I, I, you know, funny. Just before coming on this, I had a quick Google. I mean, some people do like the, um, is it the Moab, the the desert runs and all two hundred and forty milers and that, but they're coming in obviously sixty, seventy, eighty hours and all that. So I don't know. I don't know if anyone's gone for this. You know. Um, exactly and I've picked the route and, and the route I probably should have been a bit more kind to myself because there's um over twelve and a half thousand feet of elevation in it so which is uh oh throw some hills in for... yeah I thought it's just on the Why south not? coast on the Jurassic coast so um yeah it'll be, be it'll be fun and you so no sleep is that the that's the plan yeah just gotta just gotta go so my my sort of plan is I set off at zero eight hundred on the ninth Friday the ninth and I plan to go um, all the way through that day and, and to probably midnight. So that's going to be 16 hours. I plan to get the first two done in that 16 hours. Um, then I might see how 
go maybe have an hour kip, 40 minutes kip, and then just go, um, yeah, see how it goes. So it sounds like you're kind of, this, this reminds me of another quote of yours, right? And this, <laughs> this fits perfectly. So, so I said to your approach, because we'll talk about all the other shit you've done, but your approach is apparently commit to it now and work out the details later, is that? That's exactly it, yeah. Um, and that sounds like what you've done with this. Basically, yeah. So it was only a couple of weeks ago um, when I came up with the idea, uh, Resident Nutrition, um, or they, they, they sponsor me and one of their athletes, and it's little packs of pouch food, 100 gram pouches, 50, 500 calories per pack, full of caffeine, full of all good stuff, proteins, nut-based butter, really. And What's it called, the company? I didn't catch the uh, name. Re- Resilient Nutrition. Resilient Nutrition, yeah. Yeah, so they're fantastic, they phenomenal. Yes. Um, so we're doing. Sorry, I interrupted. You were doing the, they they they're sponsoring you for this, and your your idea came how? Uh, well, I said to the one of the owners, Ali. I says, "I've got an idea, mate. What about if I just run for forty eight hours and see how far I can go with only only on resident nutrition pouches?" He's like, "That's a great idea, mate. Let's just do it." And I was like, "Okay." And then so I started at two hundred kilometers. Um, and then he just, he says, the problem is with you, Darren, you'll just keep running till you, till you stop, till, till you drop even. And I was like, well, that's, that's the idea of the test, isn't it? Uh, but if I'm open to guinea pig and all that stuff. Um, and then I, I reached out to um, a guy called Rich Waters, um, who knows he's a, as a writer because he's going to help me sort of take my book to the next level before, before publishing. And, and when I was doing a bit of research on him, I, I came across his, his uh, daughter Aggie um who is absolutely amazing um but uh, again sort of as you know um that you know she suffers from the world's rarest brain disease and and only a few guys in the UK that do it kids and she's 12 and, and I, I met her yesterday I went to see her yesterday and I was it was unbelievable to do you know, the smile of her no complaining still wanting to do things on herself by herself um, but unfortunately, these guys need to raise four million quid um, to to get to Philadelphia to for the 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 injection uh, to to help the securities. It's there. It's working on animals. They need to pass it and go through the the um, the sort of human trials, which is great because the cure is there. And, and not only uh, are we talking about a cure, we're talking about it's it halts the process for the degenerative piece of the the body and the brain, and it, there's possible chances it can be reversed as well. So it's like things. This, sorry to interrupt again. This yeah. this um this illness that you're talking about that mm-hmm. this little girl Aggie has. Yeah. Now no one's heard of this. No illness, it's and very this rare. is this is part. Now I, I I read that the it's so new that when they when they were having when it was being diagnosed, it didn't even have a a name at this point. You know, a few years ago, people didn't and and H. Three, it's four letters H A B C, which stands for something complicated that I can't yeah. remember, but it's basically yeah. this incredibly rare yeah. genetic disorder mm-hmm. where children are completely normal when they're little. And 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 I know with um, Aggie's parents, they were just saying that she you know she she couldn't sit up very well, and they started to you started you start to notice problems with motor skills i think that's right and 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 it sometimes is misdiagnosed as in fact it's this separate and incredibly incredibly rare they're saying it yeah world's rarest brain disease and and i think 200 people in the world that they know about so incredibly rare and the problem there is that when it's so rare it's very difficult to get 
funding. 100%. And when Aggie was diagnosed only six years ago, there's only 44 known cases in the world of it, you know. So, um, yeah, and, and that's, I think, the problem. You know, it's not one of these big diseases like cancer, for example, where there's lots of people and charities out there and loads of hospitals supporting it because it's well-recognised. This is, is unknown. And, and this is what I thought, using this crazy sort of challenge, if you want to put it, as, as a platform to get people's attention to the challenge, but actually then create the awareness and try raise funds to, to help these guys out yeah well it's fantastic what you do i mean it's just it's just such a heartbreaking thing i mean uh my wife knows rich as you know and um she's been doing a bit to help my daughter's been making cards and selling them in the local cafes just to right, because yeah. it's one of these things that you i mean i'm not saying other things don't deserve people's money of course they do but you know there are so many huge charity initiatives for for lots of well-known things but with something like this if if you get this amount of money there's a real cha- real chance apparently in is it philadelphia they're quite yeah. mm-hmm. they're they're quite way they're quite advanced with um with trials and there's real there's real hope of these children yeah and, and as i said it's like it's not only stopping it you know it's the, the reverse pieces there so when it's chatting to to richer Aggie's dad and that, you know, as he's a writer, she's got writing skills. You know, some of the stuff she's done in the past is really nice poems and stuff. And so it's even bringing that talent out that she obviously now cannot do physically. And I know she's at the stage, as you're right, it takes away the motor skills. So we can't walk, can't talk. She's at the stage of not talking now. And it's just, it's just, um, it's really weird because when I, when I met her yesterday, like her smile just lit the room up, you know, and she doesn't want to know that anything's wrong. Um, I don't even think she want, not, wants to know that people want to help, you know, she's, she's so independent and so, so inspirational uh, when I met her yesterday and um, which gave me more of a drive to, to do this. And I've even been thinking to myself and I had a conversation with my wife last night, you know, well, if I come, you know, if I come in at like 44 hours, for example, I'm just going to keep going and just see what I can push out and just, you know, and just see that. And then I've even at a point of, because I'm hoping that some of the media picks this up, you know, well, what if I get to finish at 10 o'clock on the, on the Sunday morning and everyone's like, yeah, and you've raised, a, I don't know, 50 grand or whatever. I'm like, oh, should I just keep going? Should I just keep walking? Should I just do another two marathons? You know, to, that's, that's where I'm at at the minute after hearing the story yesterday. I'm like, I really want this to be big. But that's why your, your sponsors were right. They're probably worried that you you won't know when to stop because yeah, because, yeah, because they because yeah. they know you but no yeah. i mean it's 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 such admirable commitment because it's one of those it's one of those things that you know you've got you've got kids and i've got kids too it's 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 difficult to talk about and and i think it can be an issue with fundraising because it's almost like people don't want to if i don't if i don't think about it it won't enter my space you know because yeah watching children suffer is just you know an appalling thing and but as you say the kids themselves i've seen this with other kids they're normally very resilient resilient and happy it's the grown-ups who are like who who struggle most it's the grown-ups who are like find it hard to yeah i mean i don't know i met aggie's mum yesterday ali and she is phenomenal woman um like she's like the rock i think of that family is this amazing high just how calm they are about it, you know, and I'm, because I'd, I'd be flapping, I'd be panicking. And, you know, they're, they're saying to me, her and Rich and, and Finn, the 17 year old boy, you know, uh, unbelievable, you know, what he does around that house, just in, just 
just to do, you know, it's just part of their life, isn't it? You know, whereas a 17 year old either probably out, out getting pissed in the street or like me, I was in the military, you know, he is fully dedicated to his little sister and it's such a lovely thing to see. But um, they, they're saying to me like, how on earth are you going to have the physical mindset and the resilience to do five marathons in 50 hours? And I'm like, how on earth do you get the strength to get up every day? You know, I see it the other way around. I'm like, this is ridiculous. Like, how, how do you do this? It amazed me. It blew me away. There's four people I met yesterday. One of the most amazing, four of the most amazing people I've ever met in my life. Yeah, they just, so it sounds incredible. The, the, as you say, resilience is, is the right word. Mm, mm. You know, they've just kind of taken it on the chin and getting on and, and fighting, really fighting to do everything they can, you know, everything they can to help Aggie. And, but it's not yeah. just Aggie, other, other yeah. children, of course. And like uh, Absolutely. And I think it's, they're the driving force of it. You know, there's three mums driving this. Um, and the great thing about this, you mentioned earlier about the other charities, is every single penny that is raised goes towards this Philadelphia research lab. You know, there's nothing going to, like, CEOs of businesses you know it is a fully we need to raise money to save our kids lives that's that's it yeah do you think this I, I saw some of the other I was reading some of the list of other things you've done and was wondering how as a physical challenge this could compare because there was one one thing that stood out I'd never heard of it it's called the um Montan Yukon Arctic Ultra which is yeah. the, the, the world's the world's highest. I didn't even know what a duathlon was. It sounds like two things, but say you do a 10 kilometer, you do, you run, you cycle, and then you run again. Yeah. That was something like, is it 300 from... miles in total? And it's like so uh, 12,000 feet. So the world's, the Monte Yukon Arctic Ultra was the first endurance thing I did. And that was January last year. Um, so that's in, in Yukon in, and, um, yeah, degrees dropping to like minus 50. And it's a 300 mile self-sufficient race. So you hit checkpoints, but you drag everything in a pulk. So you're dragging about 20 kilograms. Um, with on, you. on a sled, on like a yeah, sled thing. Basically, yeah, basically, yeah, absolutely. What was that? What did you call it? Uh, a pulk, P-U-L-K. Yeah, it's called yeah. a pulk, yeah. I called it a sled because until everyone told me, told me it was a pulk, yeah. Yeah, it's a um, new word to me, so. Yeah, it's a sled to me, yeah. Sled, basically, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. pulk. Exactly that. Um, so I went there in January last year and I, I'd never done anything endurance wise before. So just before going, I thought, God, I need to get a bit of training on under my belt. So I went and ran around the Isle of Wight, which is 70 miles um, in a one hour. Just uh, there's, a, there's a good little uh, documentary made up on that one as well. It's quite funny. Um, yeah, so you're just throwing in another one there. You did a lap of the Isle of Wight. I read about that as well, all the way around the outside. Yeah, it's, it's seven. It's, it's 70 miles, but for the uh, the people who pick up in the keyboard warriors, it's 69.8 miles. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. yeah, as, as so someone... a coastal run, is it? Or... Yeah, I mean, it was all right. I've never really done anything before like that, so I thought I'll just give it a go. And um, well, I tipped up on the, on, this, on the radio station. I was raising money for Great Ormond Street Hospital at the time. And they were like, well, what's your plan? And I'm like, my ferry's booked for tomorrow in 24 hours, so I've got to run around here and get back on this ferry quickly, <laughs> basically. <laughs> And they're like, have you got like everything planned out, stops? I'm like, I'm just keeping the sea on my right hand side, and then I'm uh, that's enough. And that was it. For I my suppose strategy. you can't really get lost, can you, running around? No. Line? And as long as you can stick fairly close to the coast, I mean, how yeah. can you go? How exactly can you go that. wrong? Yeah. Uh-huh. So that was my sort of training. Um, plus a forty miler I did up in Brecon, up in Wales, Brecon Beacons area, and then I did a twenty four hour 
fitness tests. So as a military fitness test, which was 50 press-ups, 50 sit-ups, and then a mile and a half run on the hour, every hour for 24 hours. So I did that to get a bit used to sleep deprivation. And then I went to the Yukon, um, somewhere out there, and then uh, it was 300 miles self-sufficient. Unfortunately, I only got 100 in um, to the second checkpoint. <sighs> the, two years ago, someone, someone lost both feet and both hands through frostbite. Um, so I was a bit like, uh, it, when you hit the checkpoints and there's anything wrong, they, they check you, for example, for like if you've got a discoloration in your finger, they'll take you off. Only two months prior to going out, I had major surgery in my shoulder and my whole back got to cut open and my whole arm went numb. And I was only able to use my arm when I got to the second checkpoint. And I was sitting second in the race at this point. And everyone was like, who's this guy turned up? And I thought the first hundred was about, it was all right. It was, it was grand, you know, but at this point there was 60% of the people has dropped out, for example. But yeah, I just um, got there and they said, can you just unpack your tent? I, I couldn't even unclip my pulk. And this is your safety risk. So they pulled me off the race, um, unfortunately. I was uh, quite frostbitten on my nose and that here as well. So it was. Oh, so yeah. So basically people dropping at every stage. and Yeah. So normally what, what people do is the first night they, they camp on a place called Overland Trail. And to get there, it's, it's your last safe moments. That's where you can get out sort of safe. After that, you're off into the wilderness. You know, you've got like a, uh, like a big camper home that can take you out of there at that point. Um, but I was like, I'm not camping. I'm just pushing straight through because if I camp, it's because then you get cold and you're getting your sleeping bag and everything. And that's the problem then when you try and wake up, I believe. So I was just like, no, I'm just going to keep going. So I just went through the night and carried on through the night. An amazing time with some other Canadian guy I met up with, who we still talk with today, and you know we, we had an awesome time. And and but parts I was on my own, parts he was, and I hallucinated quite bad on that. It's, um, I was walking along and I, I thought I seen a uh, a manatee, um, that <laughs> sea animal in the middle of the bloody Yukon Arctic, and I was like, what is this? You know, this is ridiculous. And then I just went straight into like, how do I help this animal get back to the sea? You know, so I, I went up to like approach it to talk to it. And, and as I was like uh, talking to it, it was like turning its head, like you know, the way a dog does when you talk to a dog. I thought, right, what I'm going to do, I'm going to unzip my pulk. I'm going to set it on my pulk and I'll just take it somewhere. Didn't know what I thought sea might have been. It was way miles, thousands of miles from the sea. Um, but yeah, I thought I could save it. And then as I went to sort of pick it up, it was just a log. <laughs> oh no so not only did you it's one thing to think you're seeing animals that aren't there but to actually start trying to interact with them and give it a lift to the sea yeah i was like well you're really you're really committing to that hallucination now aren't you yeah yeah it was i was full on there yeah but what the, the scary thing is which isn't hallucination the moose and the wolves they they you can hear them in the in the trees and that and when you put your head torch up you know the quickly stop for a piss and you can see the eyes beating down and you're like oh my god please don't eat me <laughs> oh no wow yeah oh, so so you, so you didn't quite get to the end would you would you go back for that one or 100 percent. yeah i can't it's always going to go back this year but it was because of covid it's not there so um yeah so when you're it's all again 100 percent. yeah i think it, do you know what it's probably one of the best places i've been in the world the yukon it is amazing um just yeah so just up in the wilds of not much nearby yeah what's the nearest um i don't actually know really to be honest so basically the the the, the state is the size of um the uk uh so the whole uk can fit in the yukon 
and there's only a population of 17,500 people. So it's, yeah. Uh, so Whitehorse is the place where it sets off from. So it's, uh, yeah. I remember doing some research on some of these communities for, for something I was writing a while back. And it's just, it's hard for someone who from a pretty small island like us, it's, hard, it's quite hard to imagine these, yeah. the, the, the scale and the death and how, just how far it is to get to any. It's unbelievable. And even, even coming to England from Northern Ireland, where I'm from originally, it was a bit like, wow, because Northern Ireland can drive east to west of the country in a couple of hours, an hour and a half, and that's it, you're done. Nowhere's, nowhere's far. <laughs> then you go over on the massive mainland here. I'm over here and I'm like, <laughs> what do you mean it's two hours to Birmingham? I'm not driving that. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, so that was the, the Yukon. And then I came back from it and then did numerous events um, throughout last year, raising money. So it raised a total of £24,000 for Great Ormond Street and Help for Heroes. Amazing. Did it? Did you say it started while you were still in the army, the doing kind of doing stuff for charity or were you were you no. just doing army related challenges no. and then this came later so i was always I said i was always so my background sprinting and um and uh rugby um rugby sevens mainly as well so i've always been a explosive fast fast endurance sort of you've got to be really quick for the sevens haven't you yeah and i loved it you know that was my game i loved it you know and um, played at quite a decent level in the military with that as well so that was really really good um and then I, I really, I was, I was two th- so I was discharged in the military 2017 and I was quite bad 2018 uh, with PTSD um, really contemplating and, and taking my life in it. Really, that's how that's where I was at. Um, and I just said to myself, up until when I was eight, I didn't have a dad. It was my mum met my, who now is my dad, um, who adopted me. But I grew up with no, no father up until that. And I thought I have two young daughters and I said, that can't be the case for them. And um, I literally changed overnight. I was like, okay, I'm going to start getting up early and I'm going to do this, this, and this, this. And, and that's it. And I, I Googled the next day, world's toughest event. So I read David Goggins book and that was it. like, yeah, I can do this stuff. Um, playing on my strengths, which is fitness. I was always renowned in the military for being a, a fitness freak, I would call it. So I was a physical training instructor in the military as well. And I think if you speak to anyone now, they're like, oh, fizz monster, you know, that's a, and I thought, so I'll just play on that and I'll just keep going. And then that got into the Yukon. Then I just did loads of things. So I like tabbed with all this weight in my back down to the um, down to the south coast, chucked all my kit in the Solent, swam across the Solent, then ran around the Isle of Wight again. Uh, I did 75 miles on the treadmill with weight, carrying weight in my back in complete darkness, wrote a, an article on isolation and mindset. Uh, world's highest triathlon which you mentioned there was simulated height of twelve and a half thousand feet in a in the Alpes Centre of London which was 10k run 150k bike 40k run uh, that took me 11 and a half hours and then I attempted 10 Ironman in 10 days but I did 6.8 distances so rather than 10 uh, from a non never done triathlon in my life um, and then I didn't even know to bike didn't even know how to swim um, properly and I did that. And then prior to that, even, sorry, I did a 933 kilometer event where I paddleboarded east to west coast of Scotland, cycled nine, 790 miles and then ran a marathon to finish. So, yeah. It's exhausting to hear, let alone doing it all. Yeah, it was good fun. Um, I think that, so I think I really, really got into it with, with the stuff before it was all like, uh, I can just put weight on my back and go for it, you know, or just like run. But then when I cycled, from Scotland this is only August last year so I, I 
forward a paddleboard, paddleboarded east to west coast of Scotland in a, down the Caledonian Canal. Never paddleboarded before. It's where I talk about, I'll commit to it and then I'll work out how to do it. And then <laughs> borrowed a bike from Health for Heroes, cycled 790 kilometers on this bike that was horrendous. It was one of these metal bikes that didn't, it was, it was crap. It was horrendous. And then I ran a marathon and thought I can do that by a chuck my trainers on. And then only six weeks after that, I was doing the 10 hour, 10 to 10 hour men in 10 days. Um, and whereas I was like, oh my goodness. And, and on that event, I fell off the bike and broke my ribs. So I was, I was not really any training and then learned to swim two weeks before at front crawl. And then, and then just got stuck into it. You mentioned, you mentioned PTSD and we spoke about this a bit before, but we maybe haven't explained it well enough. Now um, you, you had physical injuries in the army as well as PTSD, but was PTSD something you were diagnosed with when you were still serving? Yeah, so I was diagnosed in 2015 um, with it, um, and then which led ultimately to a, um, a discharge, a medical discharge in 2017. My um, left shoulder, partial replacement, and, and then my um, PTSD. Um, but I can get over the shoulder, you know, it's limited in the movement and that, and it just gives me a lot of drama during the day but the PTSD is the one that was a lot harder to control and only sort of the back end of last year is where I've started to control it a lot more and um, that's why I like doing things like this because you know I was at a point of there's no other way out I'm just going to end my life and there is another way out you know you know and um, I, I just want to and that's why I'm so open about it I want to really really share it and hope because you know the suicide rates of men etc um, I just really want to try and let people know there's another way out. and not only another way out I'm now doing good things for other people um which which I get such a buzz out of and it's just finding mm. that connection that click um whatever that may be so when you when, yeah I completely agree it's incredibly important and it's important for someone like you you know as I think you said before like a you know tough military people can talk about it it really helps everyone else because there's this, there's still this there still is this idea, and I'm sure this is something that the military wrestles with, that, you know, you you, you want, on the one hand, to, to be sympathetic, but they also, on the other hand, need people to kind of get on with things. So I know that I, from talking to other people, they've had problems where they've they've been experiencing difficulties in the military, but they find it difficult to talk to people because they worry that if they show vulnerability like this, then their comrades and so forth Abs- are gonna yeah correct this is the- it was it was i bottled it up for a while i think um and it was actually as a kid's birthday party when someone said to my wife what's wrong with darren he's not himself you know and i was like oh god people are noticing this because i sort of imploded you no know, sort of shrunk in and and then the smallest thing would just make me explode you know just uh, go from zero to a hundred in 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 minutes and and actually something i really learned last week because I'm always on this sort of hyper vigilant sort of way of always on guard, if you want to call it, you know, and never shut down, never rest. When we talk about going from zero to hundred, we're actually probably at 90 and it's just that little bit, the push to hundred, you know, and that's, that's where it is. So it's just like it's crazy. Um, the way it works. Are you talking about, are you talking about anger here or are you talking yeah, about sort of? Yeah. I mean, um, like, you know, Farnham, obviously, um, mm. Such a, we're from a similar yeah. yeah yeah well you're not from a similar father but yeah you've yeah. ended up where i'm from sort of yeah so um farnham like a 
quaint little sort of well-to-do town, would you put it, mm-hmm. probably? Yeah, um, so it's a middle-class commuter town, I'm proud to say I'm from. <laughs> yeah, um, but me going through the time when just uh, someone had cut me up, I, would, I parked my car, blocked the street, got out and tried to get them out of their car, you know, and... Yeah, yeah. That didn't go down too well in Farnham, as you can imagine. Um, we don't like road rage around those parts, do <laughs> No, I know. So I thought, I need to get a grip of myself here, do you know? I was in military, I was an army officer, I was a captain, and I was being an absolute dick. Um, you know, and I just had to get a grip of it, really. Uh, and, and physical exercise was my only relief. Um, and that's why I always now do these challenges, and that this is my, it's my medicine, my therapy. So, Because... Of all the of all the therapies you can have, I mean, I mean, I'm not saying people should necessarily be committed to committing to all the crazy things you're doing, but um, regular reg, regular exercise. If you had to do one thing to combat, you know, any mental health issues or any physical health issues, to be honest, I mean, you can't do better than regular that's exercise. That's it, and I think the um, I, I was given the here, take these tablets, should be all right. You know, this it's just your typical. There was a diagnosis, yeah, you're, you've got depression, you've got PTSD, you've got anxiety, whatever it may be for anything. Take these tablets and it'll be all right. And you listen to these people, I've been on these tablets for years. And I'm like, have you ever tried like exercise? You're just tried going out for a walk when at, at 4.30 in the morning when no one's around. It's amazing, you know, it's, that's, it's just sets you up for the day. You know, have you ever tried setting your phone down and just disconnected from the world? You know, it's uh, those little things, I think, is the actual real no solution to a lot of problems well, yeah certainly the, the idea that you you would start taking um a medication before you've you've done basic things to get your health um back on track it's, it seems strange to me you know because i'm not saying medications aren't useful for certain people in certain times but yeah. when you to, to try and not try other things, I think, is absolutely, and, and you know, I, I was tried with them, and you know the, the CBT, the EMDR, the hypnotherapist, the, the then all the tablets sort of be given. I've tried them all, and just exercise is my my release, my my medicine that makes me better. And do you still have the issues in the background? Do you think? Or... Yeah, I do. You know, it's um, I'm past all the wanting to suicide. I'm past all that a long time ago, and I'm. I'm more, more, I do still have a bit of anger issue, you know, and, and I really, uh, I'm actually currently on a, on a course through the NHS for that at the minute, which is good, you know, learning things and, um, and, and same things like when I met like, like, um, Aggie yesterday, for example, do you know, that puts things into perspective, you know, and it puts a lot into perspective, you know, why should I be getting pissed off or angry at that when, you know, and you know rich and uh ali suggested about everyone learns from her you know and things like that you know just makes me feel a bit better about myself and then the nightmares i still get bad nightmares um which is quite quite bad and uh they'll all be explained in in the book about what, what it's all about and you know the how it turns sort of fact into fiction and how you can control it and it's ridiculous some of them so are you writing at the moment are you Yes, I am. I'm, I'm not far off finishing, actually. Um, uh, and when I initially reached out to Rich, um, but he's got other he, ideas. He, 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 he writes, um, he ghostwrites, doesn't he? He's, he's ghostwritten. Ghostwriter, yeah. He's ghostwritten. Tyson Fury. Tyson Fury, there we go. Yeah. Ollie Ollerton, he's doing Andy Peaty. He's uh, James Haskell, he's doing 
yeah, it's quite. Oh, so he knows about he knows about how to how these books how these books yeah work, absolutely right? yeah. and um i think mine it's a good level at the minute but i think he will take it to the next level you know well that's um, what you certainly got tons of good stuff yeah, to talk about yeah and i think that's one of the problems whereas that some of my writing are just like i don't big any of it up i don't think much of it any of it at all i'm just like yeah just do it you know and uh Whereas he's like, this is ridiculously mad. Like, he's like, you're not even like this, this event in a couple of weeks, two, 11 days. He's like, so how long have you been training for it? And I'm like, I might start running tomorrow for it. You know, I've been more doing other things, you know, like not high intensity stuff rather than endurance stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I've mind- done my back yesterday. So I'm a bit like, Oof. so I'm going to see a chiropractor tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Do you, would you mind if I ask you another thing about the PTSD? Do you, I know that this is a difficult question to answer, but do you have a kind of handle on how, on where on the origins of it? Can you look at sort of part of your service and think, you know, this was traumatic? This was. Yeah, absolutely. So initially, um, I don't know if you remember in 2006, a helicopter was shot down in Iraq and then we were there to clear up, pick up the body pieces in essence. And it was, it was, it was um, pretty, pretty gruesome, you know, and pulling out, picking up legs, torsos, parts of bodies, unknown what's not, but the smell of it was horrendous. That was 2006. And I went through my, my career with no problems whatsoever. In 2015, I um, was in Canada on a train next size and, and a girl fell into a fire and it was my team that sort of saved her life. And, she got burnt horrendously bad. And um, it turns out they, they, the professionals are saying it's the diagnosis or the, the, the flick of the switch with the smell of the burning flesh of the girl to the smell of the burning flesh of the five people that like, died in that helicopter incident. Um, but strangely enough, none of the nightmares and dreams, I, I have some intrusive thoughts about that incident, but nothing about nightmares there around other things that happened. But I never had them until that point either. So, yeah, it's quite weird. Okay, so, so these two specific things, which are kind of beyond the horrors that most people, thankfully, have to yeah have a witness. Yeah, um, it's, it's, it was. I was twenty years old, and I was young, so just doing what I was told. I didn't really know. Do you know? It's like, do you know, find 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 as many body parts as you can, and then trying to work out what body part belonged to what body was the next thing. And, um, Mini- what, what I was getting mortared, bricked, petrified, shot at, snipered, everything is uh, 37 hours of an operation. It's uh, something I'll never forget. As far as I mean, I know we're a million miles from where we were, like shooting people for deserting in, in, in the First World War. You know, we've moved on, so we understand that PTSD is a real thing, but we're still doing things where, you know, if, if you go through those 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 situations it would be amazing if you didn't have yeah some, I, you know what i mean i, I mean I, I, the, the idea that someone would go through something like that and be fine is almost yeah absolutely I, I think you're right you know i think i've had my fair share of it and I'm, I'm getting to understand my body more and recover a lot from it you know but it's the other things now i'm quite emotionally numb to quite a lot of things you know when my kids were born didn't feel anything um if if someone's walking down the street and someone's to drop dead, I'd be like, whatever, you know, it's that type of, I'm quite emotionally numb that way. Um, I think a lot of that things so is five years ago, my mum passed away. I think that was a sort of the final nail in the coffin of like, oh, what's the point of worrying now about these things? You know, it's just like, it's done. there's nothing can be done about it, you know? Um, 
but yeah. But you sat, but the way you talk about your kids now, you the 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 strong feelings came later, did they? They just didn't. Yeah, probably with uh, Georgia, who's now four, they came probably around after eighteen months, and actually Jessica, who's two, probably around eighteen months. Um, there's still some things I wish I was better at, and it, it really, uh, I really do wish I was better at. Um, but it's it's coming, it's coming. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're all you know we're all a work in progress. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, they, they mean the absolute world to me, you know, um, those, um, I'm a wife, you know, there's such, all three of them support me and, and know what makes me tick and what doesn't. And that's why I hence going and doing these things. And, you know, it's just, um, they're my number one fans when, when I'm away running, when it, like when yeah. I went out to Colorado and did uh, a double gold medalist and set the records in, in their games, you know, I'd written my daughter's name on my shoes and stuff. Those little tiny things, because I want to make them proud. So when I'm, in a wheelchair, which probably won't be too far down the line if I keep going. <laughs> um, they'll be like, oh, oh, I dad. saw you. Yeah, my dad did this, I my saw... dad did that. <laughs> I saw you. I, you said that to someone else about being about being in a wheelchair. I hope you were joking because, like, <laughs> it's, you know, it's good to, coming. <laughs> it's good to, it's good to, um, it's good to do all these things to help people, but you, you, you don't want to mess yourself up. I mean, no, no. Um, I, I've got a few years of me, I've just been banged about a lot, you know, and, uh, so see how it goes. Well, especially because you know you need to keep doing these things. You need to keep, the, you know, you need to be able to keep yeah. doing your challenges. I mean, the idea is to do them for a few more years yet, and uh, you know, and and then keep writing about them. Um, with which which Rich is going to to help me with some bits and pieces there, and uh, yeah. Oh, oh, you know what we haven't mentioned? We absolutely have to. Is the Just Giving page? Absolutely, yes, we do. Because this is so, so 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 so. HABC is the charity, yeah. Is the is the is the, is the um, illness and you're justgiving.com slash fundraising slash Darren Hardy one two three. Yeah. So if you just go That's in right. there and just if you go in and search Darren yeah, Hardy, if you get to just giving Darren Hardy and one two three, it comes up. Yeah, it's pretty simple. Yeah, or go on the Insta- Instagram Darren Hardy four and you can follow me there and it's the the links in my bio. What are you on, what are you on Instagram? Uh, Darren underscore Hardy four lovely yeah okay fantastic so you're so you're doing the so you're doing you're attempting your 50 50 hour five marathon wednesday on the 9th of april yeah 11 days yeah so not much no so i'm gonna do a bit of um my my training regime for this now is um i'll do my weights i sent up i pulled my back yesterday um at rich and aggie's house and alex's house and um hopefully the chiropractic is great away this week but um so today 2k fast and then tomorrow 10k slow 2k fast i'm going to call it a 10-2 training session and i'll do that for 10 days and i'll rest for a day and i'll go and do it amazing that's well so it's darren hardy one two three on just giving it's h-a-b-c all they need to how much they need to raise a a couple of million or a million quid yeah yeah we're gonna do it well we're gonna get as as many people as we can behind it get as many people raising money as possible uh-huh. absolutely perfect Darren Hardy <laughs> thank you very much thank you very much cheers, Take it easy. cheers buddy bye 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 thanks again to Darren Hardy if you want to give money to support his amazing 50 hour run for HABC please go to Darren Hardy 123 on justgiving.com and search Darren Hardy one, two, three. 
You can also see HABC Foundation in there. Darren is Darren underscore Hardy. Or on Instagram, Healthy Beast is at Healthy Beast Podcast on Instagram. Thank you very much for listening.